Hey, God is good. Come on, do better than that. God is good. And all the time. So listen, Diane and her Twitter here today. I'm going to have them both stand and wave to you. Look how much they look identical twins. <laughs> and there's uh, Deb's son is here, our nephew. And he's just got in from Southeast Asia, 35-hour flight. Him, his wife, and his three children are missionaries out there. And we've asked them to come and share. He's him to come and share a few things that are going on there. So come on, give Joe a big hand, guys. Thank you, Uncle Tom. Hey, everybody says he looks like Daniel. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Tom. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been about 15 years since I've been here, but when we were, when I was young, uh, my mom would bring us out here to visit every, every one or two years. And um, I haven't seen the, the new uh, fellowship center here, but it's, um, I was just thinking coming in here that, you know, there's been so much shaking and rumbling in the world. Um, there's so much going on, but it's, it's such a, a grace, a gift to come here and see God's faithfulness here. Um, praise God for his faithfulness and for the faith of his people. Um, so yeah, my name is Joe. Um, my wife and our three daughters are on the screen behind me. Uh, they're with grandpa in Michigan right now. Um, we've been serving with Bethany and Southeast Asia for over five years. Um, and there's really three things that I want to uh, say in this short time. The first is thank you to CFFC, to your fellowship. Thank you to the church for your support, uh, faithfully, your prayers as well. The second thing I want to just kind of give an idea of what's going on. What is God doing in Southeast Asia um, through and in, in us? And the third thing is, um, I'm praying that God would put a burden on your heart to pray with us for the people uh, that we're working among. Um, I'm asking him to, to, yeah, put it on people's hearts here. And we, yeah, we have something I'll talk about that you can take with you later that can help you pray with us. Um, so, yeah, please go to the next slide. Thank you. So, um, the verse that really drives us is Isaiah 42, 12. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. We work in the islands of Southeast Asia. This is a prophecy that will come true. We know that one day people from every tribe, tongue, and nation will stand before the throne and say salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So we're looking forward to that day and we're working towards that uh, along with him. Um, next slide, please. So there are four peoples, four tribes, people groups that we especially work with. I want to focus on the Real Malay people on the left, um, the lady wearing the blue heads, head covering. Um, in our region, uh, this is the people that we work with. Um, all of these people groups are uh, predominantly Muslim people groups, um, but folk Islam is very common there. Um, next slide, please. It's just a, a picture of the nation that we live and work in, in Southeast Asia, the islands. Um, where the R is, is the Real Malay, and that's where we live. We live in a city just south of Singapore, and we work in uh, outlying islands there. Um, next slide, please. So God has really given us four key strategies or four things that we're really engaging in. And the first is prayer. 
We're a praying church, right? Um, And that is the burden he's really put on our heart, that change will come through prayer. It's when his people intercede. And we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers that are at work. Um, So we go to war in the spirit. And um, my wife uh, is a wonderful prayer warrior, really leads our team um, in this, tuning into God's story, tuning into what he's doing, what he's calling to be. Um, So we engage uh, starting there on our knees. Next slide, please. The the second um, strategy that he's giving to us is a very unique one. It's farming the ocean. We uh, do mariculture with sea cucumbers, uh, with fishing villages. So um, we breed sea cucumbers in a hatchery, bring them to ocean sea pens, and then we harvest and uh, sell them to Chinese markets. It's a Chinese delicacy. So very unique, very strange, um, but the people understand it there, and they love working with us. We work in four small islands, each about 500 people, very small. Um, and in the picture, there are two of our employees, uh, June and Anwar, building a small sea pen. Next slide, please. This, so this gives us access. Um, we cannot be in this nation as missionaries. Um, this gives us access, meaningful relationship uh, interaction, and also brings a real blessing to people. Um, these islands are very impoverished, And so we get to work with them, bringing a blessing, and that allows us to share the love of Jesus much more openly. Uh, The third thing, we have interns come from uh, Bethany University. Um, They come out for a year-long program. We have seven with us at this time. um, And they learn culture and language. Um, They're kind of our recruiting base. We're hoping that more will come back after the internship. I went through the internship myself and went back to Indonesia. Um, And they serve with uh, various ministries there uh, in the city that we live. Next slide, please. The fourth thing that we do is we work with Indonesian, uh, excuse me, we work with Southeast Asian uh, leaders, pastors who have a heart to share with their Muslim neighbors. Um, So we want to support them. Uh, We've hired two disciples of a local uh, leader Uh, And they have a heart to reach the islands as well. So we've hired them in our company, given them access. And I believe they're much more effective than we are sharing the good news. Um, But it's great to work with them. We praise God for the body in in Southeast Asia. Next slide. Um, So those are really the four things that God has put on our hearts. That's a small picture of the work that we do. Um, And I want to share some of the direction that God is giving our family we, um, he's been putting such a burden on our hearts to be where the people of the islands are. And this is a really special thing. I don't know of any other foreigners who are in about 200 of the islands um, that we're focused on. Um, many come and go, and that's what we've been doing, visiting, leaving. But we feel like God has given us a platform, an opportunity to be with the people, to live there. And it's more of a direction than a decision. We'll see how our family does by the grace of God. 
Um, but he's really burdened our hearts for this, and he's opened doors for us too, so we praise God for that. We're getting equipped with homeschooling. Our kids have built special relationships, and I want to show you just a, a short picture of what life looks like there, because it's so very different. Um, so there's a video uh, with the next slide. Please play the video. Next slide, please. Um, so I want to give you an idea of how you can respond as well. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm praying that God would burden your heart to pray with us, to see a movement revival among the Real Malay people. We have a prayer digest, a small devotional for 30 days. And if you feel God tugging on your heart to pray for this people with us, Please take one of those prayer digests. It has a short story. What's life like for the people there? And it highlights very real strongholds that are, that are at work that the devil is, is holding this people back with. And you can pray specifically for those things. There are verses connected. So um, yeah, please come to the table after the service and take one of those if the Lord's burdening your heart. The second thing, please pray with us according to Acts 4, 29 to 30 that he would grant us to be bold to share the word. 
and that he would stretch out his hand to heal and perform signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. We believe that through that, many people can come to know him, not conversations or arguments about religion. Um, And the third thing, if you're a business person, I want to encourage you, if you have a call on your life to to engage in reaching the nations. There are lots of avenues for doing that. We, we know networks of workers, business coaches. There are so many different areas where you can plug in. So please come talk to me if you're a business person who wants to engage in, in reaching the nations in some way. I want to help connect you with the skills and resources that God has given you. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you, uh, CFFC, thank you, church, for your faithful support. Thank you for your prayers. Um, Salvation belongs to our God, and his blessing be upon his people. Thank you all so much. Amen. Joe, just stay up here a minute. That was an outstanding presentation. Very informative. Very, very well done, Joe. Proud of you. I want to pray for him. Amen. So listen, he's got a table in the back. You know, it's got the sea cucumbers on it and some other stuff that you can check out. If you'd like to support his work, there's two ways you can do it. If you want it to go directly to the outreach that he's working through, then make the check out to CFFC under missions, and we'll make sure that gets forward there. But if you'd like to help him personally, he's got a big family with some cash or a check or something, just make it out to Joe Smith and there's a little basket out there and just put it out there for him. Amen? You know, they got to buy clothes. They got to buy a lot of different stuff. So I know we're a generous church. If you even want to just throw a few dollars in there to help the family out, that goes a long way. Amen. Amen. Come on, stretch your hands out towards them. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Thank you for this young man, his wife, having three children in Southeast Asia, Lord. Something that most of us will never do, Lord. But you put it on their heart. You've given him the burden. And we pray now that every need will be met spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, and financially, Lord. I thank you that you that has begun the good work in him, that you'll bring it to completion. And I pray that, Lord, that you would grant unto them with all boldness they may speak thy word, that signs and wonders will accompany the preaching of thy son Jesus, Lord, throughout this area. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God is good. Amen. He'll be out at the table, and Diane and Deb will be out there too, so you get to say hello to them also. Amen. And God is good. It's a, we are everywhere, church family. Christians are everywhere. And, you know, they want to say, you know, we're not important and all that stuff. Yeah, here's what I got to say to that. Anyway, we'll be nice. Amen. Got your Bibles today. All right, let's go to open in prayer and get right into the Word. Father, we thank you for this new month, this new series, Lord, that we're putting together, Lord, that I just thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's Yes, I'm the speaker, but the anointing is on your word, Father. And I thank you for your word. Your word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which it's sent for to do. I thank you today for opening up your word to our heart that we can live in the victory that you promised us, Lord Jesus. You said that you came that we might have life 
and that more abundantly. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you go ahead and open to Galatians chapter 6? Galatians 6, 7, and 8, 9 is a very familiar scripture. My, the, the title that we're putting together for the month is Never Give Up, Never Surrender. Some of you might say, I've heard that before. I'll explain it to you later, but right now, we'll just get into the Word. So Ephesians, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Paul is talking to a church, Galatia, that kind of was in the law, came out of the law, kind of getting back into the law, fighting things, words. How many, can you imagine back then, they're just hearing people saying stuff. This, this day and age, we got social media, we got internet, we got people that yap on and on, things that you have to fight that comes against your mind. That's why the Bible says that we shouldn't be tossed to and fro like little children. We should be firm in the word of God and what we believe. Amen. Come on, guys, talk to me today. Because those attacks come against me too. Am I doing it right? Is this okay? How about this? And you fight those thoughts. But you got to always come back to the word of God and make sure that the word of God is your stability. Amen? So now here this church must be going through something because Paul makes this statement to him. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then he says, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now hold on to those two points, because a lot of people take these scriptures, you know, give and it shall be given, whatever a man sows. He is talking about the entire spectrum of our lives here, amen? Because he says spiritual things and fleshly things. What do I plant in the spirit and what do I plant in the flesh? I'll give you an example, just take it for what it is. How much time do I put into TV? How much time do I put into the phone? How much time do I put into social media? The flesh. How much time do I put into Bible reading? How much time do I put into praying? How much time do I put into fellowshipping with other believers? The spirit. Do you understand the, the difference? And here he says it so well. For he who sows to the flesh you're going to reap fleshly things. So if you're a gossiper, if your mouth is always going like this, if you're constantly taking in garbage, then what's going to come out of you? Garbage. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Now don't take that as a negative. Take that as a positive. That is an indicator of where you are in your life is what comes out of your mouth during hard times. During times, talking with people, what are the things that come out of your mouth? That's the abundance that's in you, and that's how you can judge where you are at to work on yourself. Come on, talk to me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that sow it shall reap the fruit thereof. What we're saying. You know, it's easy to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, while we're in church. But how do we say it? What do we say when an unexpected bill comes in? Do we look at it and we go, my God shall supplete up. Thank you, church family. 
Well, he, you know, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Or we say, holy shamokies. <laughs> Diane! You know what I'm trying to say. It's just, that's a little side note there, but it, it really is a good indicator of what's inside us. Remember, our spirit man is perfect in Christ, but we still got a mind that has to be renewed and a flesh that we have to keep under, right? The spirit man is perfect. It's one with Christ already. We are born again. We are new creations in Christ. It's the new man on and on. But boy, renewing this mind ain't the easiest thing in the world especially when you're hearing so many voices. You know, you think of the story of Elijah. He heard the earthquake. God wasn't in that. He, he saw the great wind. God wasn't in that. But God was in that still, small voice. Jesus says it like this. Consider the birds. You know what? Besides a few birds, most birds aren't real loud. They're just sweet. And I've noticed in my own life, the Spirit of God talks that way. It's when you quiet yourself down. When you're quiet. But verse 9 is the verse that this series is going off on, all right? And here we go. And let us not grow weary. Would you underline that in your Bible? Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Brothers and sisters, there are a lot of weary Christians right now. A lot of weary believers right now. When we're living in one of the most exciting times to ever be alive, the return of Jesus Christ, many people are focused on what's going on in this world more than looking up our redemption is drawing nigh. If you then be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. And here Paul is saying, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap. We shall reap. We, come on, say it, shall reap. Now bring it personal, ready? I shall reap. And if we stopped right there, hallelujah, we can dance. We can have a great time. But the next word puts it all in perspective. If, 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 come on, you can say it. it's a big word. If, if we do not lose heart. Now, didn't Jesus say before his return, many people's hearts will fail them for the things that they are seeing that will come upon the earth. And here he says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. So Paul, by the Spirit of God, is telling us in verse 9 to not grow weary. So if he's telling us that, then we would have to say that we can grow weary, that I can grow weary. Come on, church family. Talk to me today. I've grown weary. Anybody else ever had days of growing weary? Weeks of growing weary? Months of growing weary? But here he just said, let us not grow weary. So there is a place that we can come to where we don't have to be weary, caught up in this world, caught up with all that's going on. Watch how the Amplified Classic says this, verse 9. 
let us not grow weary or become discouraged. Oh, but pastor, do you see what's going on in the world? Yeah, it's crazy. But it's according to what the Bible said. Uh, a great statement I heard. What did we think the world was going to look like just before Jesus returned? You know, if he said it was going to get darker, it was going to get harder, what did we think it was going to look like? How many are excited about the Lord's return? Amen. But no man knows the day or hour. So how crazy is this thing going to get? I don't know. Pastor, tell us. Tell us. I don't know. No man knows the dare hour. But what I do know is this verse. To not grow weary or become discouraged. 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 God, say it. Discouraged. Without a raising of hands. How many are discouraged right now? I'm discouraged with my marriage. My job. Can't get a car. Can't afford a house. Having a problem having a baby. So many things in this life can discourage us. Amen. My team lost yesterday. You know, you take that as a small thing, but it discourages people. It can pull people down. The bills, there's not enough green to pay for the bills. Discouraged. Discouraged. How about my kids love the Lord and all of a sudden it's like they've grown, they grown horns. What happened to my beautiful little children? And you get discouraged and you grow weary in well-doing. You start saying, discourage. Joe said it so well. Number one thing to do, keep that prayerful attitude. Never let it go. Oh, but pastor, if you've ever seen my kid, oh, yeah, you know what? And you look at some great preachers that are alive today and you see where they came from. The harder the nut, the easier they crack. You let God crack that nut. Amen? Well, what am I supposed to do? Hey, you ready? Don't get discouraged. Don't get weary, parents. Hold on. You put it in their hearts. You've helped them during these years. Yeah, they're spreading their wings a little bit right now. And some of the things you go, Hold on, hold on. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not, catch this now, give in. Give in, give in. Come on, talk to me. I ran a 5K once, and it was so many times as I was running that thing, I said, why am I doing this stupid thing? <laughs> and you just want to give in until somebody else passed me. Then I, there ain't no way I'm giving in. I'm going after that guy. Uh, you know, listen, church fam, that came out and placed 85 out of 100, but, you know, I, I kept it going, right? I kept it going. But there's such a weariness going right now, and I believe it's a strategy of the enemy. Joyce Myers, in her book, she made this statement, her book, My Time with God. She said that in my house, I have a sign that's decorated real pretty in my house, and it says this. Ready? You might want to write it down. It's real short. Ready? Here it goes. Never, never, never give up. I get a better amen than that. 
well, that wasn't too profound, was it? Was it not? I think it was extremely profound because so many people are giving up when they're right at the finish line. So many people are giving up right when the, the breakthrough was coming. So many people are letting it go right at the moment where something suddenly, suddenly was going to happen. Suddenly the breakthrough was going to come. Suddenly the finances were going to change. Suddenly the marriage was going to turn around. Suddenly the kid, your child is going to bump into somebody that's on fire for God and it rubs off on them. Suddenly, suddenly, I think how many people commit suicide and something big was waiting the next day for them. I was a young man, I remember a friend of mine, I won't say his name, but he, he shot himself, he killed, committed suicide. And I just said, the next day might have been the love of his life that came. Yeah. Might have started having children and, and a whole different life and he yeah. gave it all up for that sudden moment. No, church, write it down. Never, never, come on, never give up, never give up. To me, this is such a powerful truth and a powerful statement. I think that in life, things just seem to come up at that suddenly mark. <sighs> some are good and some not so good. Suddenly, a love relationship. Hallelujah, I'm flooding on clouds. <laughs> then suddenly, a separation or a divorce. Suddenly, I've lost 20 pounds. And then suddenly, I gained 30 pounds. <laughs> suddenly, a baby. Suddenly, a death. Suddenly, I got a raise. Suddenly, I've lost my job. You get the drift of what I'm saying. These things come suddenly. But here the scripture is saying, never give up. Never surrender. Don't let it go. Times of becoming weary come to all of us. We call it, are you ready? You can jot this down. It's a deep Greek word. Are you ready? It's called life. Anybody know life? Some of you have been here 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe even 90 years, and we go through life. And life has a way of grinding at us. Unexpected things, things that happen. But Paul is saying to this church, hey, don't get weary. Don't get discouraged. While you're doing good. Oh, pastor, I do this, I do this for him, I do that for him. Yeah, I do it too. And, and they still go, Boo, you know, who are you doing it for? Let all that we do be done unto the Lord. Amen? But we Christians know this is so important to get in the back of your mind. Are you ready? That we always win. We always win. See, we don't play, it's baseball season, so we don't play nine-inning games. We play till we win. Come on, talk to me. We play till we win. It's not the bottom of the ninth, two outs, and you're down a run. No, we'll play the 10th inning if we have to. The 11th, the 12th, because if God is for us, who 
can be against us. He is on our side, and he's going to make sure he extends the, cl the, the clock, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, a day is as to the Lord as a, and a thousand years as a day. He is almighty God. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Well, you got to give me chapter and verse on that. I am so glad you asked. See, you're a good word, church. You want the word, right? So go to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16. Proverbs 24, 16. I hope this is ministering to you because I want you to see that, yeah, sometimes we think when we're going through stuff, we're the only ones going through it. You know, somebody says, yeah, but, you know, so-and-so went through it. So-and-so didn't know nothing. I know what I'm going through. And it's true. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. We seem to have our own little battles, and I thank God that we come together for times of fellowship. Iron sharpens iron. You come together at a, a men's thing or a woman's thing or a couple's thing, and, and you talk, and you go, wow, I'm doing okay. They're really messed up. <laughs> Anybody know what I mean? Proverbs 24, 16. Look what it says. For a righteous man, who's he talking to? Us, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? For a righteous man may fall seven times, and he will what? Rise again. Never, never, never give up. Never give up. Watch how it says in the NLT, this is New Living Translation. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Now, here's the message paraphrase, all right? Just a paraphrase. No matter how many times you trip them up, God, loyal people don't stay down long. Soon, they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their face. Amen? Years ago, I did a message similar to this, and I brought one of those... Uh, clowns up here. Remember the one? You punch him in the nose, he goes down, comes right back up. And it's the way it is sometimes with us. It seems like we're bam, bam, bam. Oh man, enough. Bam. And, and you know, when you just think you can't take it anymore, God will never let you be tried above what you can handle. So if you're going through something, God has put the ability within you to handle what you're going through. When we start thinking that way, it changes everything. All of a sudden we say, well, I'm going to end up winning this game. So I'm going to go into this with the mindset that I'm going to be victorious in Christ Jesus at the other end. Now, going through it, not so much fun. Amen? I mean, he, he says it so well here, right? No matter how many times you trip them up. In other words, there's going to be times that you're tripped up. Amen? Joyce Myers also said in another book, this was, this was really good. If you want ladies, guys, I don't know, I read her too. She, she's good. Joyce is right at you, amen? You know, maybe you like that. Yeah, nothing against Max Lacedo. He's a great writer, but his writing's kind of fluffy. You know, it's kind of make you feel good. Joyce is in your face. <laughs> she's in your face. In other words, grow up. I've been raped, I've been abused, my dad used me, on and on and on. And if God can change this woman around, he can change you too. 
some of you looking at me going, I'm going to Max Licato's books. <laughs> and again, his writings are beautiful, different personalities, right? Different personalities. So she wrote this. She said, the word endure means to, you should write this down, it's good. Are you got it? Come on, you ready to write it down? I'm watching you now. Some of you are going to fake it. You're going to go, and you don't even have a pencil in your hand. I'm watching. Ready? To endure means to outlast the devil. Think, right? Outlast that stinking, defeated foe. Outlast them. Because what happens when we outlast them? Suddenly, things start to change. Suddenly, those mental breakdowns you're having are gone. Suddenly, that fear of whatever is broken. Suddenly, something happens. It's an amazing. Turn, Turn with me to Matthew 24, 13. Now, that's a never give up attitude. It's exactly what the Bible teaches us. Look, no matter what happens to us, you die tomorrow. That, that bed, that, that this finale, it's the end. You're with Jesus. We don't lose. In this life, we serve the Lord, and throughout all eternity, we're going to serve the Lord. Matthew 24, 13. This has become a a real foundation scripture in my life, probably the last six months. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end. Jesus here is talking about the end days, right? That during the great tribulation period is going to get extremely hard. We think it's hard now. You don't want to be here, amen, during the tribulation. Thank God we're not going to be here, right? I mean, we're out of here. Okay. Now, this word, he who endures to the end shall be saved. The word saved is from the Greek word sozo. Sozo. And it means to save, to deliver, or protect, to heal. Come on now. He who endures to the end shall be protected. He who endures to the end shall be healed. He who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be delivered. He who endures to the end to do well, be made whole. Do you see this now? When you're looking at the Greek language, you're looking at a, 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 a not just one flower, a whole bunch of flowers, amen? So we see that this word means a lot more than just Hold on to the end. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. And it's going to be. But he's talking about a little bit more here than if I just endure, I know I'll get to heaven one day. Are you with me, guys? But it's a conquering faith in this life. Got quiet when I said in this life. Jesus said it again, John 10, 10, you should memorize this Bible verse. The thief comes not but for two. I've come that you might have life 
and that more abundantly. That word life there in the Greek is the word zoe, eternal, the God kind of life that has now been placed inside of us. Amen? So it's a conquering faith in this life that when things come against us, we can endure and outlast the devil. You know, for some reason, people, you know, we think there's, there's like trillions of devil demons out there. I don't know how many there are. But you know what? Demons don't have baby demons. <laughs> so the demons that were here at the beginning, you know, at the, uh, whenever they became demons, are still the same demons today. We got a lot more people living on planet Earth today. So I don't know if there's one demon per person, but I know this, there's one angel per person. And one angel defeated the Assyrian army, what, 256,000 people. This is a day and age to start getting Psalm 91 under your belt, amen? You should be quoting that thing, speaking that thing, speaking it over your family, amen? Now watch how Jesus brings this out in John 16, 33. If you want to turn there, we're going to look at it from the Amplified. It's up on the screen. He spells it out so well how to endure, but not endure like, oh, Diane, I just got to get through another day. But to have a victorious attitude in life. To know that Christ before me, who can be against me? He that spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? This is the amazing message of grace. God's grace is undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. What type of church are you? We're a word church, but we're a grace church, amen? And put the word, because there's not a grace message. You want the grace message? Here it is. The gospel, good news. Sinner, you can be saved. The, no matter how much we screwed up our lives, God can turn it around. Here we go, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Now, if you look that word up in the Greek, it's not shalom because Greek is different than Hebrew, but Jesus was speaking in Jewish, right? He's Hebrew. So what is he saying here? Shalom. Hallelujah. <laughs> that almost sounds like the old days where you're trying to get the signal in. Yeah. Shh. Maybe God's talking right now. And he finally adjusted the radio so we can hear him. Oh, I just heard him. He just said, I love you. You're making that up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here it is love, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. All right, here we go. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect shalom and confidence. In the world, you have tribulations, you have trials, and you have some distress and frustrations. 
I know Diane has been frustrated with me at times. You know. <laughs> See, you notice what I did today. I wanted to lift her up today because I could have said it the other way around, right? But I put her there this time. Ain't I a good husband? I'm a good husband. Now, I know some of you look at me and you probably say, Pastor, how could anyone be frustrated with someone like you? <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard, girl? <laughs> we, we have times of frustration. Anybody here been frustrated with the children? She raised her hand before I even said children. Anybody here ever been frustrated at the job? The dog? The cat? Me? Watching you now. Okay, let's stick with the scripture here. Uh, Be of distress and frustration. Let's look at all four of them. Yet in the world you will have tribulations, trials, distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. And that's the way the King James, New King James says it. But watch how the Amplified Classic brings it out. I have deprived this world of the power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. In this commentary I was studying, it says this. Here Jesus was teaching that there was a perseverance on the believer's part for complete salvation. Salvation is a free gift that cannot be earned. We see that so clearly in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nor can we maintain it by a believer's own works. Galatians 3, 3. Are you so, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? It has to be received by faith. We're saved by faith, right? However, there is an effort on the believer's part to maintain that faith. He who endures to the end shall be saved, right? So I have to ask, the end of what? Maybe to receive your healing. Maybe to receive that baby, a house you're believing for, peace, restored marriage, whatever it is. As we stay secure in Christ and know that we are one with him, the devil will fight us, but the Bible tells us what to do. Fight the good fight of faith. But that faith has to be fought. Watch, and this is the last statement now. Some people think that there is no such thing as a good fight. They are only interested in the things that come effortlessly. The Christian fight is good because it has already been won by Jesus Christ. All we believers are doing is enforcing Jesus' victory. Did you get that? There's a lot there. There really is. I think of Saddam Hussein. He was defeated, but yet he still acted like a rebel. And then President Bush at the time, right, went after him. And they found him in a hole, and they brought him out of that hole. And that's the devil. He's been defeated, but he sure doesn't act like he's defeated. Are you with me, church family? Listen, this is where we're going to build on this month. But I'd like to leave you with a little video clip this morning, if that's okay. As I said this 
This title, Never Give Up, Never Surrender, comes from one of Diane and my favorite movies, and it's called Galaxy Quest with Tim Allen. Some of you might know it. So I leave you with the famous line of this movie on this little video. Can you guys go ahead and fire that up? Never give up. Never surrender. Never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> never give up. Never surrender. Oh, shut up. No. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. Come on, church family, say it with me. Never give up. Never surrender. If you've never seen that movie, it's a clean, good show. Enjoy it. But never give up. Never surrender. When it seems like you're losing, something good is about to happen. Oh, pastor, I, I hope so. No. Now, hope is good. You know, hope is expectation of good. But believe God is for you today. Amen? Amen? Let's close in prayer. Precious Father, we do thank you. I thank you for Joe being here and sharing with us what's going on on the other side of the world, a place that will never be. To see those children playing with the Southeast Asia children, Lord, and swimming it all. I remember when me and Diane took Rebecca, she was not even crawling yet, to Jamaica to, to start a mission work, a Bible school there, Lord, and how scary these steps are, but you give us grace for where we're at and you provide for where we're at, Lord. I thank you for Joe, his family, this ministry, being super blessed today by the body of CFFC. Super blessed, Lord, and I thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we wrap up this service today, I thank you, Lord, that there no one in this room has to lose out on eternal life through Christ Jesus. Church family, if you're here today, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and today you'd like to make that decision, then I ask you to join me in this very simple prayer. We'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. But if you pray this prayer from your heart and say it with your mouth, the Bible says you'll be born again. So we'll all say it together to help you. But say it from your heart. Say it because you mean it. Say this. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me, accepting me, and loving me. I thank you, Lord, that I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God is good. No one looking around, if you're here today and you're making that decision, we'd like to bring you a free gift. We'd like to help you in your first step 
in this gift that has some Bible literature. Also, if you don't have a Bible, there's a little card in there. Take it to our bookstore. It'll give you a free New Testament. We like to help get you started today. It's our free gift to you. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come to the front, but one of our altar workers that are around the sanctuary will come right to where you are and bring you this gift. So if you're here today and you're receiving Jesus for the very first time, or you're rededicating your life, or you're just not sure yet, but you would still like this package, then with no one looking around, this between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker, would you slip your hand up high, let them see it, and they'll come right to you. Thank you for that hand over here. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. That's you. Just slip your hand up. Let them see it. Let them see it. Hallelujah. He's coming right now, sir. Thank you. Let them see it, please. We're here for you. Eternity is a long time to be wrong. That's the negative. But eternity is a long time to be right, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's you. Just slip your hand up. Let them see it. Let them bring you this gift. For those that raised your hand, the Bible says that up in heaven, the angels rejoice. Let's go ahead and rejoice. <laughs> Deb, Diane, and Joe, why don't you guys go out to the table out there? They'll be out there. Check out those sea cucumbers. They're very interesting. I know there'll be a line. Grab yourself a cup of coffee. Go to the Welcome Center. Go over by the flowers if you want the flowers. This Wednesday is first Wednesday. We'll be in-house. And then Thursday will be National Day of Prayer over at the Hampton uh, area. That's where the old Sears used to be, just down the road from the Lowe's. We're going to have a good time. That starts at 6.30. The service on Wednesday starts at 7. Joe, his family will be out there. Please just shake hands with my nephew and bless them. Amen. Let me bless you as you go. Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you that Jesus, he is Lord. I thank you for each and every person that's here today. What a blessing they are to myself, Lord. Thank you, thank you to the body of CFFC. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I thank you that you have made each and every one of us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, that we are blessed to be a blessing. God bless everybody.